Hello, hello, everyone. What's going on? This is Sydney Smith, the host of this incredible podcast, The Real Queen Sid. And I am super excited to bring you guys a special guest today. Um, her name is Emily Rose, and we have been following each other on Instagram for like quite some time now. Um, I came out for anybody that doesn't know, I came out back in June and like the first thing I did was like search the lesbian hashtag. I was like, oh, LGBTQ, like lesbians, like who can I follow? Who can I get into this community with? And I found her. Um, and so she has this really cool clothing brand. It's a femme lesbian clothing brand, which I think is really dope because there's nothing really centered around femme lesbians. Um, and so I wanted to have her on the podcast so that I could bring you guys, um, one, her business, two, um, her mind. And she's also got like a really cool, um, I really like, honestly, I just fell in love with your, uh, message to the LGBT community. Um, your Instagram is very like, I just love it. So anyway, I'm going to, um, yeah, you're welcome. Um, and so I am. I'm really excited that she's going to give you guys some business tips. She's going to tell you kind of like where she came from, how she got her business started, all that good stuff, um, and what she's doing these days. So I guess we'll start with like the pretty basic question of like, how did you decide to start your business? All right. So, wow. I graduated and I got my MBA and I was like, what do I do now? Like, you kind of like, you work towards that goal for so long and then you achieve it and you're like, so what do I do with it, you know? So I uh, ended up getting a job at a really good place, making like a pretty good amount of money, like going into it, but it was not what I was wanting to do. And it was a two year contract. So at that point I was like, am I going to sign my life away or I'm going to do something that I love? And at the time, like, I hadn't like made a decision about like building a company or anything like that, but that's exactly what prompted it. So I was getting ready for pride and I always go and I make my like regular t-shirts. They come in, I cut them up and then I wear them to pride. But I was like, why do I have to go through all this trouble to like wear a pride shirt just to like make it look like girly? Like I like to wear a slim amount of clothing. Like I don't wear a lot of clothes. I mean, I live in Florida, you sweat your ass off. So I'm going to chop it up to that. But like, I'm just like, I don't want to be sweating like horribly. So and I was like, you know what, like I could do this. Like I could make a company that made LGBTQ shirts. Cause I like funny sayings. I like derogatory sayings. I like just wild shit. So I was like, I could do that. And you don't find a lot of it and center it around like the femme LGBTQ plus community. So I like, it started off with obviously I'm a femme lesbian. And so I was like, all right, well, let's make it about femme lesbians. Well, as I was opening up like the doors, I have a lot of femme guys that are friends and like that are gay. And they were like, oh, I would wear that shit. Like, I would love that. Like, I would love a more, like, feminine, like, look to it. So we kind of, like, opened up a broad spectrum with, we started as a group of just femme lesbians. And now we've expanded it to just, like, femme LGBTQ clothing in general. And actually, we are revamping right now. And we are going to introduce a chapstick line. So where we do, like, just, like, really, like, neutral, but still, like, feminine-ish. Uh, whenever we say general neutral, we're really going to mean it. We're not going to veer more towards like masculine or more towards feminine. We're going to keep it just like a chapstick line. 
I love that. Yay, that's so cool. What's your MBA in? I got it in marketing. Oh, okay, cool. So you have like a little bit of background. Well, a lot yeah. of background on this. I know an MBA is a lot of work. <laughs> um, fun. Good times. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So like, oh, I feel like we just got insider information. You know, it's really cool is that you use the word chapstick, which I had not heard until I started dating my girlfriend. And she was like, oh, yeah. chapstick lesbian. I was like, oh, what? You're, you're making this up. You're a liar. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is. I've only heard the word stem. <laughs> so I didn't really hear about it either until I was writing a blog a couple of years ago and someone wrote in and they were like, yeah, like I lean more of like a chapstick more than a lipstick. And I was like, ha. <laughs> I was like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I so when I when I heard my when she was like, Yeah, I'm a chapstick lesbian, I was like, so what does that make me? Because I'm not really a lipstick lesbian. Yeah. I'm pretty feminine, but like also you won't catch me in heels. I don't wear makeup. That's probably yeah. I'm extra AF with my eyelashes, but like I was like, that makes me a lip gloss lesbian. Like I'm gonna make yes. it in between. <laughs> yes, exactly. I feel like I should make a shirt with like a lipstick, a lip gloss, and a chapstick, just like yes. all lined up. It's like if you get it, you get it. <laughs> yes, I love that. Oh, that's so cool. Um, okay, cool. So, what is your vision like for the LGBTQ plus community? So I, you can't. I feel like LGBTQ plus community as a whole, of course, equal rights, right? Well, I'm not going to be able to do that on my own or anything like that. So I kind of like bit off a smaller head instead of the big head. And I'm like, I'm going to do something that affects my everyday life. And that is the femme community and really supporting each other, whether it comes from lesbians, bisexuals, pansexuals, anything like that. It's up to us to step in and to really support each other. We go through, right now it's trending. So like I talk on this lightly, but like being bi is trending. Just like a while ago, like being trans was trending, but now we're seeing more like being bi is trending because being gay is more acceptable. So now girls are like, oh, I'm bi. And whether it's a genuine thing or if it's a trending thing, we all have to feel valid. And if that's the phase that they're going through. And I say phase, like I said, very lightly because sometimes bisexuals are just trying to figure it out. There are some that genuinely love both, but sometimes it's just kind of like a, a gray area in between when you're trying to figure it out. And sometimes it's genuine, but for the people that, you know, are the gray area, just trying to figure it out, it kind of gives bisexuals a really bad name because they're going around, they're messing with girls, they're messing with their emotions, figuring it out that they don't like that, and then they're going back to men. So that puts a big stigma on it. And most of them are feminine women. We don't see a lot of like studs or stems, like going and like being bisexual, they're all feminine. So it's really about having each other's back on being valid. And I, I personally, and I talk about this openly, I do not date bisexual women. Like that's just not for me. Um, it has nothing to do with them as a person it just has to do with me what i feel comfortable with people say like it has to do with your own insecurities and i definitely agree i want to feel comfortable enough to hang around with my guy friends and not feel like threatened that they're gonna hit on her so like if i'm dating a lesbian and they start hitting on her like i think it's funny as shit you know if they're like bisexual and they start hitting on her i'm like Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, 
not fun anymore. <laughs> so I do that to keep my life fun and light and simple and easy for me. Um, but like dating lesbians are not always simple and easy either. So just as a whole, like being lesbian, being bisexual, being pansexual, being gay, us as femmes looking to each other and building a strong community saying we are valid. No matter what we look like, no matter who we love, we are valid. I love that. That's my goal. <laughs> I love that. And so like what I think is really cool is that you like – this is something that I've been training a lot on is like niching down, which is really like, it's very aligned that you said something about that because like, I think a lot of people, so like bringing this around to like my business, which is like the health and wellness industry. And so like you try to take on the whole health and wellness industry, like you can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so like people, like when you try to be too broad, I think with, with things and you try to relate to everybody, you end up relating to nobody. My favorite, favorite business theory that I use every single day is 80-20. Every single day. I can reach 80%, I can reach almost 100% of the people if I work on 20% of them because they're gonna go share my word for me. If I can impact 20% of the people, they will help educate the other 80% for me. Because if I'm trying to educate 80% of people, probably only 20% are retaining it and then I just wasted all of my time on 60% of those people. So my main goal is whenever I look at narrowing things down, I'm like, who is going to bring the most impact for me? Not who can I serve the most of? Cause my goal is the LGBTQ community. But like, if I narrow it down to that 20% of, let's just say femme lesbians in this case, if I can get a whole bunch of femme lesbians that are just as passionate as I am, it only takes, this is another one. It only takes three great people to make one good person. So or three good people to make one great person that way around. And I truly, truly believe that. So if I can get, three great people, I'm going to probably impact 12 at that point, rather than me going and coaching 12 people and getting three to retain from it. So I just think that narrowing it down, you're still going to get your end result. You're just going to do it faster and with more passionate people. I love that. I love that. So like, I think a good example of that is like, I relate to your clothing brand because as being a femme lesbian, I have now told all of my like chapstick lesbian friends, like, like my girlfriend, my girlfriend would not relate to your clothing brand because she's a chapstick lesbian. Right. Yeah. And so, but like, she now knows who you are and who your what your mission is and has seen your Facebook and has seen your TikTok and your, I mean, your uh, Instagram and your TikTok and stuff. And she's like, Oh, I dig her like and her message for the community. And I was like, oh. yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> I see you. So, um, I think that's really cool. And that's like, Sorry. Very, uh, oh, <laughs> it's very like aligned with everything. So, um, what is the hardest part of starting your own business? Persistence. That is the number one hardest thing. I mean, I've been doing this for a while and there's phases where I'm like, wow, I just, I don't feel like I'm moving anywhere. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I don't feel inspired. I mean, whenever I started the business, I had a two other girls that were working with me because I was living up in Maryland. They were also like my close friends. We went to meetings all the time with each other. We set up like different photo shoots. We were just doing a whole bunch of stuff that was very scheduled. And then I moved to Florida and it was me 
alone by myself. And that's so hard to find that motivation. And like most of the time it feels like you're failing. Like I can't tell you how many times like I've just cried my eyes out. because I'm like, I am failing. I am going nowhere. No one is seeing this. I'm not impacting anyone. I'm not doing enough. Like why am I even doing and it's just kind of like pushing through those days like there's gonna be days there's gonna be weeks but like it's okay like just don't quit like come back to it like if you are really getting that stressed out from it or you just really don't feel like it's that profitable for you then take a hard look at exactly what you're doing look at the successes that you've had and just focus on that and again that 80 20 rule you're going to try a whole bunch of different things like whenever you start feeling like you're failing take a step back and like pick two things that were very successful for you and go at it like for example my instagram for a while plateaued and i was like i'm doing everything i can to like bring good content i'm doing everything i can to like make quality i'm making good captions i'm like doing it timely i'm not posting every single day i'm in the community i'm talking like what am i doing wrong i wasn't doing anything wrong it's just i wasn't expanding and that was the biggest thing so i stopped and i was like okay well my tiktok's growing really really fast and i'm like because it's a new platform they want to push that a lot and i'm like i need to use that to my advantage i can link my instagram to my tiktok so as soon as I started putting a lot more effort into TikTok, all of a sudden my Instagram took off. Like I, my growth rate right now is insane for me, like compared to what it was in the past because people are looking at my TikToks, they're seeing my personality and like, I laugh at this all the time. And this is kind of what brought it back to it is I started uh, making Twitter memes and stuff like that. And they were going insane. Like I was getting so many more likes on them and I was like, I guess I'm not that pretty. I guess I'm just that funny. So <laughs> I was like, all right, like, I guess my personality is better than my looks. So maybe we should start making videos. So I, uh, I started like getting on like TikTok, and I was like, all right, like people are able to connect with me more. I go on live there more. I get a lot more engagement on there. And from there they go and they message me on Instagram and are in my DMS and it's like, Hey, I saw you on TikTok," And I'm like, Oh shit. And like, all of a sudden now, like I post a selfie, they used to get like 200 likes. Now I'm averaging like 400 likes on there. And that's in like moments of like two to three months, if that. So like I'm doubling it in that amount of time just by stepping back. And I was like, I did everything right. Like I could have just gave up, but I was like, okay, like what's working the most for me? Well, I saw that my personality was working a lot better for me than just my selfies. And I saw my videos from TikTok were also getting a lot more engagement. So I was like, I just need to focus on that. Like right before I hopped on here with you, I was like, I got ready for the day. I was like, I might as well make a TikTok about it. And that's going to aid me content. And I don't create every single day. Like yesterday, I laid in bed all freaking day long. Like, but today I'll make like an abundance of videos and put them up. So it's just knowing like you cannot stop. Even though like things get hard, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. You just need to pick the thing to be the most right at and then you'll work. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. So you said persistence is the hardest part. Like what drives you on the days that you don't, that you want to quit? You know, I wouldn't even say like anything drives me on those days because nothing drives me on those days. On those days I do quit. Like, and I'm not going to lie to you about that, but it's the next day that I'm like, okay, like I got to get it together. Like I just, I wake up and like, I open like my Instagram and I get like these messages 
And honestly, like those are something that like impact me the most is like someone will write me and be like, thank you so much for like the message that you put out there. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Like you seriously have helped me through so much. And like, just like reading like some of those, like it's not like they come in like every single day, but whenever they do, like that's my biggest motivation is I'm not trying to save the world. I'm trying to help my community. And whenever I get those messages, it just kind of like reiterates you're helping your community. You're doing something, you're reaching people, you're putting some positive into the world. And that means the most. And whenever things got stagnant, like with do I look gay yet, which they have, like they're definitely more stagnant. I was like, okay, I need to like take a step back because right now, like I found that my niche is just a little bit too small. Like I, there's not that many people that identify as a feminine lesbian as much in the LGBTQ community. So like I need to expand and it, I, I had stopped for like a while and I started just hosting club events and that was really fun, but I am also 25 years old, you know, I'm getting a lot older. Hosting club events are fun for a very short period of time. So I was like, I, I need to step back. I need to look at my business. And I would just say like figuring it out, like how is that going to make me happy? So you need persistence. And on the days that you feel like you're going to give up, don't quit completely. Just do something different around your niche. I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so how has your business been doing with the whole COVID-19 stuff going on? Like, how are you dealing with that? You know, like it, because I was hosting so many club events beforehand, I did not focus a lot on production. I was focusing more on events and guess what? All events are canceled now and all of our prides that were coming up like are canceled. And like, that's where I was going to be like driving my most production and driving like the biggest part of my business and where I make the most money is pride events because like people come, they see the shirts, like they're walking past, they can grab them instantly and it's instant satisfaction. Also, I'm able to sell them a lot cheaper at prides because I'm not shipping anything. I'm not creating like a whole package with it. I, so I sell those for like a lot cheaper and now I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I have all this production that we got ready for pride and there's no pride. Mm -hmm. Sorry, hold on. Let me just, someone was calling me. I just exited out of that. There we go. So that has impacted me the biggest way is that now we don't have events. We're not like the only thing we have right now is the online store. We're not able to like get out there and get in front of new faces other than being online. And it sucks, but it's like, what do you do? I mean, I, I always think that you should have three ways of income, no matter what. So whenever one takes the hit that like you can still keep going. And for me, like, thank God during these times. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you got to prepare for the worst always. Yeah. Yeah. Pride with all the pride events. That's so, <laughs> I know. so, um, I don't think I mentioned what your clothing brand name is. So her clothing brand is, uh, do I look gay yet? Right. Do I look gay yet? Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. I want it to is a registered LLC in that business. <laughs> oh yes, girl. <laughs> so, um, I think, I guess like the premise behind the whole thing is like that 
a lot of us femme lesbians, like people assume they look at us and they're like, oh, that girl's straight. Like it's just an automatic assumption, right? Because yeah. not and whatever, like 80% of the world is straight or whatever the statistic is. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing air quotes. You guys can't see that, but she's doing air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think like I, one of the first shirts that I bought when I came out was um, I just, it literally says on, I just look straight because it was like, yeah. I think that's like a huge thing in especially your niche. So I love that. Um, or that no one knows I'm a lesbian shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Always, those are always like your first pride shirts. <laughs> well, I remember my first pride. Um, so the first pride that I went to was in June last year, 2019. And I wasn't even out yet. Like I was not Ooh, out yet. I, I was, I went there with this girl that I had met on Tinder and she yeah. was like, it was like our first date, literally. It was like our first date was <laughs> this pride event. And I remember like her friends meeting me and they were literally like, what are you doing hanging out with a straight girl? And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> and then like, I came up. You don't know me. <laughs> I like found out later and I was like, what the heck? That is so rude. But um, yeah, you that was like my first experience it. in the gay community was like people assuming that I was straight. Yeah. And they always will. Like whenever I first came out, I, uh, I thought I needed to look gay. I was like, you need to. I actually made a TikTok and I was like, it's kind of like a reverse lesbian because I ended up being very feminine but I used to dress like a little stem stud like all the time and I was like I think I did this wrong <laughs> but I did it just to like search to like be valid and whenever I did dress like that girls did hit on me I got like a lot more attention from it like a shit ton more of attention from it and I was like yes like that is what I want but like I don't want to be someone I'm not just to get that attention mm -hmm. so I People kid around with me all the time. I actually, I did a study for a college about them lesbians. And she was like, it's funny, like, you search so much to, like, be gay and, like, to look gay. And she's like, now look at you. She was like, anyone who knows you knows that you're a lesbian. Like, anyone who knows you off of, like, Instagram. Unless you see me just, like, randomly, like, walking on the street and you don't know me. She was like, my whole entire premise is being gay. She's like, you have made sure that you don't have to look a certain way to be gay and to be valid and to be seen. And I was like, wow, like I didn't even really like think about that, but I kind of use social media as my lesbian clothes because that's like the only way that you're really going to be able to know. I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> I, I came out and I was like, okay, do I wear this or do I wear that? And I was like, no, 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 no. You're still Sydney. Like you're still this girl yeah. that, you know, that likes feminine clothes, that likes crop tops, that likes the booty shorts. Like, yep. You're still, you're valid. I love that you like, like, I think that's so important because I think that a lot of, a lot of our community, the biggest problem is that nobody feels valid. No. And it's kind of hard to feel valid when you have so many standards set by so many different people that like, if you talk to someone, if you confront someone one-on-one, -on -one, even me, like I'm totally victim to the, or not victim, but like I, I do this. It's, if you were to look at me and be like, she looks gay. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, I, that's literally everything I stand against, you know? But like, I see someone and I'm like, she's gay. 
and like you were definitely a lesbian you know and I'm like why do I do this (laughs) like but I'm setting those standards in society and doing everything that like I'm not supposed to be doing but like honestly at the end of the day it is true some of us look gay as shit like we just can't help it you know and I even know I met this fam one time I was dating this girl and it was her roommate and I was like she had a boyfriend but I was like you know your roommate's gay right she's like nah and I was like you want to bet so by the end of the night like I got her to confess to me that she was bisexual and she was really into girls she was like texting me at the end of the night like trying to see like if she could come over and like this is this girl's like roommate like best friend and everything and uh like they ended up saying the story but the girl I was talking to knew that that was my end goal was to like just prove to her that she was gay but like she was very feminine she just gave off that like talk energy like I don't even know how to like describe it so there's just some people that like they just give off that like really like aggressive female male personality that you're like you're gay like Mm -hmm. you you belong with a woman but like that's also super fucked up with me and wrong because you know just because the way someone acts and looks and stuff like that doesn't mean their sexuality and something I preach all the time but I'm just still brainwashed by society to be like no you're I think that's really cool of you to admit that, like, even somebody that is such an advocate for our community, like, you're still noticing, like, things that society have put in place for us. And, I like, think it's so important to notice those things, like, even in yourself. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you notice it and you know you're doing it, you can stop yourself from continuing to do it. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I had seen this TikTok the other day. I, I I was not planning on asking you this, but now I'm curious what your opinion on this is. Um, I saw this TikTok the other day and it was like this, it was like a chapstick lesbian talking about how the, the word gold star, like a gold star lesbian is so detrimental to our community because it makes girls, it makes lesbians that are not gold star lesbians feel less valid. I don't think that at all. I think it's almost an achievement for them. Like, I, I personally don't get offended by that. I am not a gold star lesbian. I had a boyfriend for five years, like, and before I came out, like I came out in 2012, like it's been like a long ass time and all. And like through time has elapsed, like it makes me feel more valid than like, as if I like, I came out yesterday or something. Cause it's almost that I just keep proving to myself that I was right, that like I knew it all along. But like, I know a lot of people that are gold star lesbians and that's only purely because like, most of them are studs or stems that have dressed that way and been that way their whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's more of like the statement that it makes is that you knew exactly who you were at such a young age. And that's awesome. Like, that's amazing. Like great for you. Like some of us don't have that and that's also fine too. But I mean, like uh, my friend Danielle, gold star lesbian, my ex-girlfriend, gold star lesbian like I know so many like gold star lesbians but all of them have been super like butchy stud from the beginning and like a lot of that I do know that are like not gold star lesbians are more feminine and like I just feel as if like that has to do with us trying to figure out who we are like I think it's amazing for the people that have known who they are for so young so long like I believe that they earn that title themselves, you know? 
but mm-hmm. I don't think that like it's a derogatory thing that makes me feel less valid just because she didn't sleep with any guys and I did I still feel just as gay as she is <laughs> I love that <laughs> I think that's that's actually a really cool perspective because I definitely when I first saw the TikTok TikTok was kind of like oh like yeah like the the term gold star did make me feel invalidated but that's because a gold star lesbian used it to make me feel invalidated like there was yeah there was somebody in my past that was like, oh, that would like use it against me that I had been with men before. Yeah. So I think But I feel like that had to do with their insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think that's cool that like you, like that puts it into a different perspective for me. Like it's just part of their story. Like it's just like, Like, just like, go ahead. This is an extreme. All right. And a very extreme, but follow me. And I feel like people really understand things when you put it in an extreme. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have been raped. You are now a survivor. You go around saying, I am a survivor. People know you as a survivor. Again, like you just said, that was part of your story. I, I'm not a survivor, you know, and that's fine. Like just because like, I'm not a survivor doesn't mean that I'm still not a girl who gets sexually harassed. It just means that I am not a survivor for something that deeply. So whenever it comes to a lesbian, it doesn't mean that I'm not a lesbian. I just didn't know I was a lesbian that early on. And that's fine. Like, and that's absolutely fine. I know those are like two extremely different things, but it's just like, you're kind of subcategorizing things at that point. And I, I'm a person who love labels. So like, if you ask me, like, I, I love them. A lot of my friends hate them. They're like, I don't feel comfortable with it. And that's fine. And I don't give a shit. If no one likes labels, I just feel like really comfortable in it. So I'm like, I am a femme lesbian. I am not a gold star. I am not a stud. I am not a stem. Those labels do not apply to me. I know exactly who I am. And I feel like that's why it doesn't offend me is because I'm like, okay, like you don't think I'm a gold star. Cool. Like I slept with guys. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, actually now I just know for sure, Karen. (laughs) I am very positive. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said you were in a relationship with a guy for five years, which I can relate to. Um, so I was in a relationship with a guy for five years up until I literally, like we ended our relationship. I moved to Texas and then I came out a couple months later. Um, and so like, what is your coming out story? Well, all right. So I, um, I dated, I started dating girls in first grade. So I, uh, I had my first kiss was a girl. My first everything was a girl. And like, but it was more of like, it was just kind of like hidden. I went to Catholic school. So like, no one really like talked about it. And it was like, when people did start to find out, then like, we just weren't friends anymore. Like, then it just kind of like turned into like a whole bunch of like bullshit. So it was my eighth grade. And Someone hooked me up. I was like always into like really like skater emo boys that pretty much look like lesbians <laughs> now that you sit back and reflect, you know? So I was like always into them. And uh, this girl was talking to my neighbor and which was a guy and they started like dating or whatever. And she was like, she didn't really like like me because we were neighbors and hung out all the time. And I hung out with her boyfriend all the time. So, but at the time I thought she was just being really super cool. And she was like, oh, I have someone to set you up with. I was like, awesome. They're like, they're just your type. And I was like this emo skater dude. And I was like, awesome. Fuck yeah. I was like, just my type, long hair, very feminine features. Perfect. Yes. So adds him on MySpace. This is 
name is Bobby, um, male, birthday, all that good shit. So we start talking for a couple of months and like I was a cheerleader. So whenever we played each other's like middle school teams, like I obviously went to all the games because we cheered at the games. So we ended up meeting up at one of the games because we played their school. Well, like we uh, end up like talking and everything. Everything's great. Like super amazing. Like we start dating for like a couple of months. So like I'm going into like high school at, like in like the next couple of months at this point and I was like all right well I'm gonna start like being curious about body parts so like just like little things of just like touching and I was like there's nothing there so turns out it was a girl the whole entire time and it was like a big prank on me yeah what? so yeah yeah had no idea, but like, I wasn't even like, I was more mad that I was lied to because like no one prior to that knew that like I had been sleeping with girls or messing around with girls or kissing girls or anything like that. So like, they thought like it was a big joke on me, but it was really a joke on them. Cause I was like, <laughs> I wanted. But so obviously I didn't break up with her and her name uh, is Karina. She is now trans. We are still cool. Like uh, she like comes in and out or he comes in and out of my life. I, say she because in my head and all of my life it was I thought it was a boy and then it was a girl so like it's just like super like I use interchangeable pronouns because of the fact like the story just keeps going back and forth but uh now his name is not Bobby he I'm, I won't say his real name because I don't know how cool he is with it but um but forever, uh, her name was Karina. And so I started, I always called her Bobby after that. That was just like the nickname. And we ended up still like dating. She cheated on me and I was like, cool, yay. But in that, uh, like right before that had happened, I had introduced her to my mom and my mom, and I told my mom it was a guy. My mom's like, mm, met her, <laughs> not a guy. Anymore. Not no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I was like, I finally came out to my mom and I told her I was bi. And so she kicked me out and I uh, ended up going to live with my sister for a little bit. And then I wanted to come back home because I was going into high school and that was like during the summer. And I had been hanging out with my friends. I always hung out with like a big group of like guys all the time. And one of them had just moved down from New York and knew like things that I was going through. and was like, hey, like, we can date if that helps you. And I'm like, actually like, yeah, like if you could just like pick me up from my house and like, you know, tell my mom we're together and stuff like that, like that would be absolutely freaking amazing. So I can have a life again and go home. So he's like, yeah, cool. Like, let's do that. So uh, that went on for a little bit. And then like, just over the years, everyone was like, oh, they're dating, they're together. And then it just kind of like went on throughout like, high school and like because it happened like a couple of months prior to high school and then a couple of months after so it ended up being like five years total and uh then like after a while we were she was just like you know we've been doing this for a while like I'm in love with you like I think you owe it to me at this point to like be in a relationship with me and actually try this and I was like I agree like you have done so much for me you've been one of my best friends you've been there for me through so much and I was like, I, I agree. And it was never really like there for me, but I like, I kept trying. And like back in high school, I used to party my ass off. So I was like drinking and doing like, I would like do ecstasy all the time or like 
like I would uh, do like Xanax and stuff like that. So it was really easy to kind of like numb all of that away. It's like whenever you start feeling like that urge or anything like that, I was just like, I'll just get fucked up. Like it's fine. And he also was really big into that. And we had the same exact friends. So it just like, it all like worked and everything. And then after three years, he was like, you going to sleep with me or what? And I was like, nah. And at the time he was like having sex with all my friends. So all my friends thought he was cheating on me. And like, I didn't really care. Like we had had a conversation about it. I was like, and I was like, dude, I was like, everyone's finding out now. I told you to be more careful about this. And he was like, all right, well then if you want me to stop, like it's been three years and we like, are we going to do this? And he was like, you know, I feel like we've been patient. We've been waiting around and like doing it. He's like, you know, I do anything for you. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. So tried it, didn't like it. And like that went on for like a little bit, but we had like our ups and downs. Like we kept breaking up. Like after that, like I knew for a matter of fact, I was like, you know, like this isn't for me, but like I kept trying, I didn't want to hurt him. And like every time I would try to break up with him, like he would start crying. So I started talking to Bobby Karina again, and he caught me. And like, he would like start like going crazy and like crying and everything. And I was like, dang, like it like literally made him psycho, like to the point where like, whenever I, the last time I was like, I'm a lesbian dude. Like I can't do this with you. He like tried to drive my side of the car into another car, like while we were driving down the road. And like, it was just like, it got insane. Like it was absolutely horrible. And like, I had drove him to that madness because I didn't know who I was. And like, I felt responsible for that. So after that, I was like, you know what? He's like, I'm going to tell your mom. And I'm like, cool, cool story, bro. You know? And I was out of high school at that point. I was going into college and it was new year's. And I started talking to a girl online and I was supposed to spend new year's with him. I ended up driving up to Atlanta to meet this girl because she lived in Tennessee. So we met in the middle in Atlanta and like she helped me like through that breakup completely and we were like really good friends we ended up not even dating like I think like we just went through so much together like with me coming out and like all the shit that he went through like she even moved down to Florida like and lived here for a couple of years so that like I had someone like to relate to and she was so amazing she's like getting married now and everything her girlfriend's cool like absolutely loved them but I would say like she was probably like the biggest reason why I was like able to like just like come out and like stick to it because like I had a lesbian that I could lean on and like to be there for me and to like kind of like validate me and she's like you don't need to do this like and at the time like I was just kind of like searching for a reason to let it go and then I had my best friend Katie who is straight and she would wild out with me all the time. I was like, I don't even need a boyfriend. Like, I don't even need a relationship. Like, for three years, I was single because, like, I had so many just, like, good friends around me that, like, I just – I didn't feel the need to have a relationship. The only thing I felt the need for was to figure out exactly who I was. And that was just, like, a huge, huge thing for me was having that support system because without it, like, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at at all. And I probably wouldn't even be out, like – because it's so important to have people around you saying like, it's okay. You're going to get through this. We're going to do this together. I love that. That's so. Coming out story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so cool though. And like, wow, there's so many like facets to that. That's like, 
intense. Yeah. And like now, so whenever I came out again, my mom kicked me out again. I lived with Katie uh, for like months. And then my mom finally started coming around to it because my dad was a very big advocate for me being gay and loved me and was like completely fine, fine with it. And he like pushed my mom. My mom was the only one in my family that wasn't okay with it. And like, even my grandparents, like they, I've never had like a conversation with them, like, Hey, I'm gay. But after being with a girl for five years, like they used to say to her all the time, like, you know, like she's like a granddaughter to me. Like they would never like say, Oh, this is Emily's friend. They would always just call her my girlfriend. Like there was never like any like pause or hesitations that I had come out with them. It was just like biggest thing was my mom. And it was mostly her ignorance on it because she thought that me being a lesbian, I was going to turn into a boy and like drop out and get a whole bunch of face piercings and live in her basement forever that she doesn't own. Like she doesn't even have a basement. So she was like, fuck, where are you going to live? <laughs> and then, <laughs> then like she saw me go to college and she saw me remain like exactly who I am after my little stud phase. And she was like, okay, like now I get it. Now she's like a really big support system for it. She accepts it. And like, she's, she always tells me all the time, she's like, I want to show this as I'm a lesbian mom or I'm a lipstick mom. And I was like, I can't stand you, dude. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so cool though. Like for people to hear, cause I know there's a lot of people that are coming out that are like in the part of their life where like their parents are not accepting. Yeah. And so like, it's really cool to hear that like your parents progressed and like we're open to learning about it and we're open to, you know, being educated. I would say to anyone, and I tell this to everyone all the time that like writes me and asks me like, what should I do about my parents? Number one thing is kill them with kindness. It is so hard to be mean to someone who's being so nice to you. When my mom used to say horrible things to me, I would just look at her and be like, but you know what? I love you. Like that doesn't make me love you. I know you feel this way. I know that this is really hard for you to understand. I know that this has been really hard for me to live with, but I want you to know that no matter what you say or do right now, I love you more than anything. And what do you say back to that? There's not much to say back to that, you know? And I think repeatedly doing that over the course, I mean, it wasn't like this happened overnight. This took three years for her to like actually be okay with it. And this was from eighth grade, me telling her trying to come out. So like at that point it was like 2014. So I was 19. So from eighth grade to, I guess in eighth grade, I was like 12. Yeah, because I graduated at 17. So 13. Uh, all right, 13? I don't know. Anyway, you get the math. 13, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that, like, it just took me, like, staying true to myself for those three years and not going back and forth and not telling her, hey, I'm bisexual and like not letting her like degrade or talk down about it, that it really just showed her, okay, like this is who you are. If I want to be in your life, I need to respect it. And then after she got through like the, I need to respect it phase, she started the acceptance stage. So I think like the number one thing people should shoot for in relationships is mutual respect and not acceptance. I love that. That is such good advice. <laughs> like, I love that. Of course. Um, okay. So I, we've been, we've been at this for a little while, so I want to respect your time. Um, and I just have one last question for you, which is what would be your number one tip to a baby entrepreneur? Build a business plan on paper. Number one, every single time, no matter what, like 
you should be able to have a stack of papers or on your computer that is your complete business model. You should know how much it's gonna take for licensure. You should know what your prospective audience is. You should know how much your production is, how much you're going to send it for, what's your risk, what's your loss. Like, Try to think of every worst case scenario ever and put it into it because you're going to face a lot of things that you have no idea about. And like, that's gonna help you figure out so many things. So before you like pour a whole bunch of money into something, build your fictional business and create it like literally on paper. And I, if anyone needs anything, like I have a business plan outline that I have just given to people that I made a skeleton out of that they can go in and fill in. And like from there, I feel like once you start, like you start like getting everything flowing, you're like, oh, and this and this. So it's more of just like a overview outline skeleton of things that like you need to look for, things that you need to lay out even something like your code of ethics, you should have that on paper before you do anything at all. You should have like that number one focus driven what you want out of it. And people need to also understand my goal, like for do I look gay yet is to have storefronts. It is to have an online coaching session. It is to do all of these things. But I knew that I can't just do that. Like I have to build and I have to grow from it. So having short-term goals that go into like your long-term goals. I know people say that all the time, but like actually sitting down and like having, write down your big goal and then write down all the things that have to happen before you can reach that goal and start taking those blocks and doing a little bit at a time. And all of a sudden you have a whole freaking empire. I love that. So that was actually going to be my, my other question was like, what is your future goals for Do I Look Gay Yet? Yeah, I mean like my biggest thing that I want out of Do I Look Gay Yet is to build a community. I could care less about the brand itself. Like, I mean, the brand will be the community, but like I, at the end of the day, it's that people feel like they can connect. I don't want to be a store that you just go on and like you click. I want to be a family that whenever you know that you are buying a shirt or that you are just even doing something about like being in the fierce femme tribe or something like that. Like, you know, you have a family that you can reach out to and anyone that wears those shirts or anyone that's a part of the brand that you know that you can reach out to at any point in time and they're going to talk to you and be there for you. I love that so much. Oh, thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm really excited that you were my first interview because you freaking crushed it. So thank you. Of course. I'm super, super excited. So, um, thank you guys, everybody for listening. You can find, um, where can they find you on social media? Um, my Instagram is at e.rose underscore underscore. And then my company's Instagram is do I look gay yet? One word. My company website is do I look gay yet? And then my TikTok, if you want to laugh, is Emily Rose edition. <laughs> Our TikTok is so funny. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So thank you guys so much for uh, listening and make sure that you check her out. Check out do I look gay yet? And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited to uh, grow this friendship further. Yes, so, me too. I, I can't wait to hear the podcast. Yes. 